Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at Subdoc Podcast. Welcome to the Escapist Comics Podcast. I'm Jessica Balboni. And I'm Robert Nigalesco, remotely. Yes, we're doing a remote podcast, even though we live close by. <laughs> um, how are you today? I'm doing good. I've uh, spent most of the past couple of days organizing all my comics, which uh, I'm not going to be doing that today because my brain is just like, but yeah all, yeah organizing all of it so I get rid of stuff and see what duplicates i have and i've never done a full organizing and it's uh absolutely brutally exhausting yeah that's <laughs> but, a, that's a task <laughs> but it's fun it's fun it's like every time i'm like jesus what am i doing i'm like well you're looking at comics so it's fun yeah at least uh, yeah i, I need to do that myself but I it's like it feels like work since we work in the store and then you come home and it's like I feel like I'm working more <laughs> no I, I am like make work uh less enjoyable because I've spent all weekend doing what I do at work like is it going to mm -hmm. be first start in the week because I'm going to be like I already started <laughs> <laughs> for sure uh also uh it was free comic book day this weekend uh yeah. that's Thanks everyone for coming out. It was actually really successful. Um, yeah, there's so many people coming into the store, but we kept it like safe and happy for everyone. So uh, that was really nice. And yeah, we did really well. It was a big surprise. So I wasn't sure how it was gonna go, but yeah, we had a, we had a good free comic book day. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Glad to hear. Yeah. Well, I'm very tired <laughs> from that. <laughs> That's a day. I mean, it's good to. I'm. I didn't see it, but it's glad. To, I'm glad to hear that it. You know, went good, and there were a lot of people, and I'm sure people yeah. were getting some free yeah. books. Yeah. Yeah. No one was. No one was a jerk. Everyone wore their masks and. Cool. <laughs> yeah. No one like barged into the store when we had too many people. So, I mean, because that definitely could have happened. I've heard some other horror stories from around the country from other retailers but 
sounds like mostly everyone had a good day. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there was like the most free comics ever. Like we had so many different titles this year. It seemed um, like. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, but there was a lot of great like all ages books. Like we had a whole giant table just with all ages books, which was great. Um, we have definitely more than I've ever seen. So they're finally listening. Um, great. A lot of happy kids. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about some comics we read this week. There was some, well, you know what? I wasn't too excited about anything that we read this week. <laughs> Maybe one. One was pretty good. Um, yeah. Let's get into the Defenders. Start start there. This is another Defenders number one. I don't yeah. know how many Defenders number ones there's been, but maybe this is volume five. We'll just say it's volume five. I don't know if that's true, but we're going to call it that. Yeah, it doesn't even say volume in the back, but uh, yeah, one of them. It's, well, it, it's, it's one of them. Um, and this is Al Ewing and Rodri uh, Al blah, 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 Javier Rodriguez. With Alvarez um, on eggs. Mm-hmm. Look at the colors. Uh, yeah, I couldn't see that. I didn't know. I, I didn't write it down because it wasn't there. Maybe they did the colors. Maybe. I don't know. That, right? The inks, maybe they both did it. I don't know. The colors are beautiful. So I wanted to definitely shout out the colors, but maybe they did the colors. Maybe that's the ink as well. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got the Peach Momoko Silver Surfer cover, which is amazing. Uh, so good, good job, Peach. You did a you did a good cover this week. This week, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> she gave it her all this week. <laughs> I need to work harder, Peach. I haven't seen many of your covers lately. <laughs> it's like every week she has like four covers like how does she do it <laughs> plus she's like drawing actual comics now too specific yeah. I'm, I'm cool with uh, so yeah like uh, let's just get into it with brief synopsis Doctor Strange is uh, you know meditating in the sanctum and uh interrupted by uh i was not really familiar with this guy but uh the masked right raider well, let's let's get into the masked raider before you proceed uh, he is an an old old character uh he he actually has several different aliases but he first appeared actually in the 30s and 40s in golden age comics um and was created by al anders uh, his first iteration was Jim Gardley, and he was a gunslinger and a former rancher, active during the American frontier. Uh, but he was one of the few individuals that actually held uh, the Eternity Mask um, for a short period. But the original Mask Raider died, and a new character, yet identified, has taken up the mantle and possession of the Eternity Mask. Ah, okay. Brief, <laughs> your brief masquerader <laughs> synopsis. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't know much about him either, but he's been around apparently for a long, long time. <laughs> That's cool. So this is not Hundreds Rancher. No, this is not the original rancher. <laughs> he's 
but he uh yeah he'd, he'd been around a while but this guy we actually don't know his identity that's cool i do i do like the idea of like a classic golden age uh just you know like masked vigilante because so many of them were just like the masked whatever and then yeah. take character and giving them like some weird cosmic thing like the eternity mask or something like i like that yeah. idea their mask isn't just you know they're not just a clocked vigilante it's like some magic mask of you know great power or whatever that's cool yeah i think he also has he might have some connection to the black rider as well which was a really cool character from atlas yeah yeah like that or something but mm -hmm. yeah um he can i guess create portals or something because he like makes some weird pixel portal so he can point a gun at the back mm -hmm. of dr ed mm -hmm. uh which is it's pretty fun it, it's some trippy looking stuff i'm surprised how legible a lot of the art is in this as insane as everything that's going on i wasn't yeah. like confused in terms of where my eye goes and that to me mm -hmm. is like pretty strong uh oh yeah i story. i love love the art in this and yeah you you're not confused about where the panels are or where to look next or where to read next. Like somehow it just works, even though it's so psychedelic. Um, yeah, and there's there's so much going on on every single page. Yeah, a lot. That that first double page splash is like super cool, I think. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But yeah, he interrupts him and then they have a crazy magic battle in the other dimension and... Um, I don't know. They then he's like, okay, do let's have tea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ba yeah. Basically, <laughs> they're like, I guess we, we don't want to kill each other. He has something to say. Now, now let's sit and drink tea. <laughs> we can talk about it. <laughs> um, oh, I know that the, I like that the mask uh, is immune to Dr. Strange's magic. So he even he can't figure out who this guy is or anything like that yeah. which i'm sure will be a big deal at some point i'm assuming he's yeah. not they're not going to just be like and this is clay blah 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 a new guy it's going to be someone we are familiar with i'm sure maybe yeah um well they, they kind of talk about it a little bit so he has this connection to zoda right <laughs> of uh, uh zoda of pergamum who's one of dr strange's old uh villains um yeah. yeah he's also been around for a long time too i mean stanley and Zitko created him um yeah and it looks like he's been hang like hanging out with him or been a villain or an adversary of him i guess as well yeah we're kind um, of yeah like was he tells him his story like why are you here basically and i guess we're to assume that he's been hunting zoda or something but he tells the story um how he like escaped that lab right yeah mm -hmm. and then well he has this book that zoda has and yeah. the book yeah the book is really really powerful um and he thinks he can destroy it but he cannot he shot the book, which dispersed its magic and mm -hmm. then disappeared 
in time and he's trying to figure he's pretty sure he knows when he went or where what what time he went to but uh he that's why he needs dr strange to uh help him with these matters yeah we're getting a lot of books that are dealing with time now which is not a coincidence i'm sure yeah um so we're going to be dealing with a lot of time portals and timelines and magic i mean i'm guessing all leading up to dr strange's movie and yeah and spider-man all of them are going to be dealing with a lot more magic than we're used to um, yes yeah magic, time both yeah. uh comics are about to get even more confusing but maybe fun <laughs> maybe they'll yeah, definitely. Oh. Uh, and, al and alternate history, too. He talks about that as well. Um, scientific time travel and alternate history. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There, um, to be like, I wasn't, I, I was a little confused with all of the references that they're making, being relatively ignorant to most of the Doctor Strange magic and mythdom. So that was like, I was a little like, okay i'm getting a little overwhelmed right now i understood the story that we're in but i was overwhelmed with references and stuff not knowing who dota was or the book or or who's the other guy that the super soldier adam or so, yeah well they're talking about well so zoda helped create uh adam warlock oh okay mm -hmm. so yeah, and if you don't know all of this mythos, like I completely understand like why you would get lost. Uh, it is very confusing and it's a lot of old, old stuff too. Like you would have to read way back <laughs> into this and they don't really tell you like where it's from except for like read Marvel Comics 1000. And yeah. like, that's pretty much it. <laughs> so I guess go read that because they give you some history lessons in that. They're not even telling you to go read Doctor like old Doctor Strange issues, which I think are better than Marvel Comics one thousand. Well, what I was gonna say is I think they've turned that very convenient editor, uh, you know what caption box at the bottom that is there to create clarity for the reader, and they turned that into a sales mechanism because it yeah. it doesn't reference the most like intelligent reference. It references the one that they want you to that's still on the shelves you know yeah mm -hmm. able to buy you know or same with the one that the adam all that was in there yeah. iron e20 number two right <laughs> yeah that that's a little bit more recent you can get the trade still <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, um, yeah i definitely didn't read that iron man so i was like i had no idea what they were talking about there either um but, but then uh, yeah so they're they're talking about all that story and then dr strange turns his tea kettle into a, a ball and then <laughs> and then pulls out his magic cards and the tarot cards okay magic you, cards <laughs> you but this is like some magic the gathering Yu-Gi-Oh stuff where he's like I don't have time to build a deck. I just have to like play the cards I have. And then he just starts laying cards on the table. He's like, I don't know who's going to be on the team. It's just, 
I'm gonna let the deck decide. Like it was, <laughs> was what is going on? Like that's all this you're like drafting magic draft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a little it's not just this comic too. They did it in X-Men too with like the tarot cards, like Apparently tarot cards are in fashion right now. <laughs> so we're just going to play that out. <laughs> it's just an excuse to draw really cool tarot cards. I mean, <laughs> down tarot cards, it's, it's interesting. And I just thought it was funny that he's like, we don't have any time. I got to just pull the cards. And it's like, it's just going to summon random people from the Marvel universe into my house. And I don't know who show up. It seems very Doctor Strange to me. <laughs> but I'm also, yeah. This guy is crazy. Like, this is how he, he plays it. He, like, just call somebody. Like, <laughs> they don't all just have like little buttons to call. Like, this, this button is for Silver Surfer. This button yeah. is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he gets some, uh, some weird characters uh to show up by pulling these throw cards i mean besides silver surfer like that he used to be in the defenders that's an automatic given like you gotta yeah. have somebody familiar but then yeah he pulls betty brant betty brant as or not that's not right betty banner sorry betty brant that yeah. would have been weird <laughs> and here's betty brant she's like please back to work yeah no, i thought of that too well, because it's the BB and Betty, I don't know Betty Banner. I know Betty Ross and right. Betty Grant. I didn't know that they got married ever. I don't know. And they're divorced, but she kept the name Banner. Yeah, why? That, I don't know. Because she's a well, Hulk now, kind of? <laughs> or her options are her father's name, and that guy's not very cool either. So I don't know. True, Yeah. <laughs> And I guess she's just like stuck as this harpy now. Like she doesn't get to change back ever. Yeah. And is that, is that from Immortal Hulk? Yeah. That's from Immortal Hulk. Yeah. But like he gets to change back still, right? I mean, I think so. Right. Hulk gets yeah. To yeah. He gets to be Bruce. She doesn't ever get to just be Betty. She's just stuck as this monster all the time. I mean, I she know. looks cool, but I'm sure she'd like to just be a human once in a while. It's hard to go to the grocery store. It like, would, yeah. <laughs> Sad. Poor, poor Betty. It's a cool design. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I've read Immortal Hulk, but I'm not up to date, so I don't know. Uh, I didn't know about that storyline, uh, but mm -hmm. I mean, literal like goblin harpy on the team is awesome. I'm down. Yeah, yeah for sure. Monster is the defenders like you got to have one monster yeah um so they're definitely going to get kind of two cloud is definitely a monster so yeah then she pulls the lovers um i'm not too familiar with this character but i did do some background on it um let's see didn't i maybe i didn't i thought i did well no. yeah so <laughs> cloud is uh, a crazy cosmic character um who comes is from a living nebula yeah she's a living or they are a living nebula i should say um i can't remember if they're a mutant or not uh, 
is the, the thing that I looked up yesterday. Uh, cloud is a nebula that took human form upon arriving on Earth, was brainwashed by the secret empire. So they're kind of like newer, I think, too. Uh, oh, and uh, it's a guy, yeah, it's a guy and a girl that like joined form. It um, says, um, they needed to use a cosmic cube to give, yeah, cloud a human body, which I guess they do. I don't, I didn't see a cosmic cube show up, but. Yeah, or they hatched from a cosmic cube originally. They needed to take all of their magic together to actually get them into this universe. Like there's like there's all there's one panel with like several all the iterations of like Doctor Strange, like to bring it looks like there's a cube right there, I guess. Um, to bring Cloud into the universe. So Cloud's gonna be our uh, wild card. Yeah, definitely. They're super powerful. Okay, and and mis very mysterious. I mean, if you're from like, if you're a space nebula, I don't know how to even talk to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, then they they tie they have the whole team together, and they travel to this other universe, right? Yeah. Does that happen automatically? Like once they're all. Once they're all together. Uh, this portal opens up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And their journey begins. And then they meet up uh, with like a X Men y looking person for sure. <laughs> Almost looks like a Cyclops type outfit. Yeah. Or... A guard or something. I mm -hmm. mean, sort of future, futuristic police. And then. Yeah. Um, we find out that this is, I guess, the Marvel Universe is in the seventh cosmos. And right. we are now in the sixth cosmos, where mm -hmm. it's from Galactus being the sole survivor from the sixth cosmos. But this yeah. is before that universe ended. And they're yeah. dealing with their version of Galactus. Which is like a Cthulhu Galactus. It's got tentacles. Yeah. <laughs> That's Omni fun. Yeah. Omnimax, the devourer. Yep. Yep. Big uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I thought this was fun. It's definitely like an introduction, though. It's like, you know, we have to meet all of our characters. They have yeah. to. Yeah. It's, yeah. Totally just an introduction comic 101. Yeah. Uh, did not happen i i wish that there had been more that actually like happened i i get i get it though it'll with the future issues it'll make more sense but it is like basically like dr strange gets interrupted then he has like mo most of the stuff that occurs is not even real like if you look at the plot it's just like guy comes into the house then they talk then he calls his friends and then they go to another universe. And it's like, yeah. that's the thing that really happens. It's like, go to the other universe or summoning your friends, I guess. It is exactly. issue 101, you know, mm -hmm. like you won yeah. 101. Yep. Structure, very easy to follow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, like I said earlier, I love the art. I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous. 
I'm so glad that Javier Rodriguez is drawing this comic. Um, and yeah. I do. And I, oh, oh, the colors. Yeah, who? It doesn't say it in the back either. No, I think it has to be by. It, it has to be by Alvaro Lopez with Javier Rodriguez, and that's the ink. So it also says down here, recap art by Marcos Martin. Does that mean that some of these are different? Some of the panels. Some oh. of the panels are their art style are very similar. So um, I didn't even notice the different art. I'm like, which one is recapping? <laughs> There's recap art. Yeah, I guess uh -oh. that, that the stuff with Adam Four and all that does look a little different, but oh, okay. pretty. I don't actually, I can't yeah. tell you for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Yeah, oh, yeah great. I guess. <laughs> yeah, so if you're just going to pick up a book on art alone this week, I would definitely uh, pick up this. <laughs> yeah, that one panel where the sun's going on and you see all the colors shining on Silver Surfer. And he's oh, like, yeah. what have you done? Is like <laughs> the colors coming off. That's awesome. Oh, Mm -hmm. or just the galactus panel at the end too it's just yeah. absolutely gorgeous there's just Gal yeah again so many different colors and clouds and um yeah you bubbles bubble people <laughs> what the next issue of defenders is called or should i oh go ahead <laughs> it is called galactus's mom has got it going on <laughs> is that Galactus's mom? I, Omnimax? Um, I don't. That would be really kind of unfortunate if your mom destroyed your whole universe and then made you into a world devourer. That's yeah. like a bad relationship with a parental figure. <laughs> that yeah, she taught him everything she knew. Yeah. How to <laughs> How to devour worlds. Also, the Omnimax thing, I just kept thinking of Omni-Man. And then yeah. I just kept thinking of the thing, like, Omni-Man, over and over, just played in my head. <laughs> I was like, just like, I'm not going to look it up. I'm sure Omni-Max is some character that came out in the 70s or something. I, oh, I'm yeah, not... I didn't. <laughs> I... Yeah, probably. <laughs> I've never heard of it, though, before. So, so it yeah. must be not true. Yeah, <laughs> it must <probably>. be new. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Which we jump to? Uh, let's go to Batman 89 because it's next on my list. <laughs> All right. Batman 89. Batman 89. So this is a. Fuckles takes place after the events of Batman, Tim Burton's Batman, I guess. Right? Yeah. 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 It would be. This is essentially a storyline adapted from the scrapped plans for the third Batman movie. From oh, what I after Batman Returns? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. I, because right, so the writer Sam Ham is the screenwriter of the 1989 film. And then Batman Returns is story by Sam Ham. He didn't do the screenplay of Batman Returns, but it is his story and then he was planned to work continue working but i mean i don't i think it was because it was too dark batman returns 
went with a different director and that's why Schumacher came in from what I understand. Um, but yeah, they had introduced uh, Billy D. Williams to play, like he is Harvey Dent, I think, in the first Batman. Yeah, he's Harvey Dent in, in Batman and Batman Returns. Yeah. Um, he shows up in both of them. Yeah, just briefly, but it was like definitely laying the groundwork for like, yeah, we're going to get to Two-Face. Right. Um, um, so he, he wrote the script, but didn't Tim Burton, I guess he didn't do the screenplay at all. It's just Sam Haim and Warren Skarin. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, what, what were your thoughts? Um, I thought it was okay. It it kind of doesn't get very far. Like, you know, being so familiar with like the structure of like a screenplay and stuff, mm-hmm. I was trying it and be like, okay, what what time are we into the movie right now? Like, right. and I feel like this issue is like only the first ten minutes because there isn't yeah. that isn't the yet the first big thing that's going to be like what this movie's about so we're not even at the inciting incident of the story which is it's going to kick something into high gear i don't think batman almost getting caught by the cops is that that thing i i kind of feel like i wanted a little more yeah and like the basic gist too is like it's so there's like copycat vigilantes and copycat criminals, right? Like trying to take over Gotham. And I yeah. felt like I've read this before, like <laughs> in comics, especially Batman comics. Like they, this, is, this has been done. It's not like, you know, and also didn't they do that kind of in like Dark Knight as well? Like, yeah. so I felt, yeah, this, he didn't put anything new to this at all. No, uh, I think plan that it originally was which i'm sure would have been innovative at the time but right. if projects have taken those concepts and used them it is it is kind of weird yeah it is derivative at that point um and like you know batman is one of my favorite movies like i love it so much and this just didn't feel like that anymore <laughs> to me also, that you know, Joe Quinones is such a good artist, and I know he was like really excited about this project, but it just seems stiff to me. Like the art just seems stiff. Like the bat suit. Like I know he really wanted to get that feeling of the '89 suit and stuff, but he just it looks silly to me. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't 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 have that dark feeling at all. I mean, like the it's one of those things where it's like you got to adapt it to to the medium of the comic because 90% of this stuff he literally couldn't even do this in that suit like could no. Keaton crawl through a window in that bat suit no <laughs> no yeah <laughs> he kind of is just like standing a lot or like there isn't a lot it's very immobile it like you can see it there's i mean we know he can't turn his neck that's like the famous thing that it took like four movie five movies for someone to be like let's let the actor turn his neck you know? right it is yeah 
that like uh, suit. Yeah, it is very stiff that suit. Um and like the the way he draws like at Michael Keaton too, like as Bruce Wayne is so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> he has got this really long head and then it kind of like dips by his like gray hair in the middle. And you're like, what is that? Why does his head look like a pineapple? <laughs> yeah, not my favorite look of it. Uh, I don't know. I, I think if I removed the nostalgia from this, I yeah. would just, why am I reading this thing? Right, exactly. And yeah. I mean, I get it because this even if we weren't doing this to the podcast, this would have been something I would have picked up and read. Because, yeah, me too. Because I have so much connection to those movies. I mean, right. but it's, I can't let something by, go by on nostalgia alone. That doesn't work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually don't want that, <laughs> really. No. Like, it, well, because there's like, I don't even know how many bat books there are on the shelf right now possibly 20 <laughs> it's definitely I mean, we have one full shelf with four or one you know four shelves basically full of batman books plus another shelf now going over yeah and they're, yeah they're literally all batman titles um like do we need another one that doesn't actually say anything like or just uses another derivative storyline um yeah it's, and we don't uh, that you have to say something new in it for to catch people's eye or to keep yeah. them coming back for the next issue. And I just don't think this does that. People are going to buy it for the nostalgia purposes, for sure. It has a great cover, like cover A. Um, I'd like yeah. to see, like if he did more shadows, just like on this cover, on the inside, it would look great, <laughs> I think. See, I got but... the cover. I got, I got the B cover specifically, which... This is a cool thing. The B cover, which you can see, but other people can't, yeah. mm-hmm. is by uh, Jerry Ordway and Steve Olaf, yeah. who did the 1989 comic adaptation, which for me was one of like my first comics, yeah. just because printed a billion of those. Oh, yeah, and I, did. I had to get that cover just because I was like, okay, this at least can sit there with my 89 adaptation i know yeah totally we wouldn't be privileged enough to get jerry ordway and steve olaf interiors but i'll take that cool cover yeah (laughs) well and like 32 years later you know those guys coming back to do an image that's i wish i had brought both but it's pretty similar image it's like the 89 one's a painting but it's jack nicholson's face in the sky same deal as this one right um so yeah the next issue i think we're gonna see harvey dent turn into two-face which is cool because that was the original plan um and yeah seeing billy d williams actually become two-face will be nice to see because that was what we should have seen originally yeah um there was a couple the moment that my honestly my favorite moment in the whole thing is when he chases down the the joker thugs Mm-hmm. And you get that moment of, oh, this guy's scary. When, oh, yeah. when, he, when he's like, you die, tails, you walk. And it's a double-headed coin. So you're like, mm-hmm. 
holy like it's already been established we as the audience know that and it's like oh fuck this guy's gonna shoot these fucking like joker punks and then it's like air and he's like i was just trying to scare him but that's that moment in the movie where you're like oh no who is this guy right i thought that was a good moment Mm -hmm. i thought so too but yeah and then other than that yeah i'm i pretty much connect on most of what you said like i don't know if we need to even go through the plot of it or anything no not really i mean that's like i said before that's pretty much the plot is you know there's vigilantes and there's copycats uh bad guys basically all like you said the joker guys and then there's batman guys and they're all running around fighting each other and harvey dent wants to clean up the city and, and he hates that and he hates batman and <laughs> to barbara gordon oh uh, yeah and he's which is weird who's <laughs> not not that girl i guess it that also made me think of dark knight with like harvey dent being with um Maggie Gyllenhaal's character who works at the city and I was like it's kind of that same storyline except it's close it's even tighter in this because it's Barbara Gordon rather than you know what what, Rachel is her name or something yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's almost I thought this is ultimately probably more interesting in the long run but we've seen that before so this uh, is I don't know yeah it's a it's a weird thing exactly all right all right so yeah not not the best but (laughs) oh well (laughs) um let's move on to the next dc title uh hardware number one this is the milestone line that's been coming out for a couple months now i guess um, the Milestone Line, in case you guys don't know, uh, this is originally founded by four Black creative giants, Dwayne McDuffie, Dennis Cowan, Derek Dingle, and Michael Davis. Uh, Milestone's message was a diverse, boundary-pushing comic has always been extended to its own staff where the marginalized could tell their stories through these characters without qualification or hiding behind imperable layers of metaphor. Milestone wasn't just a line showing the disenfranchised that they had heroes. It was a line which allowed them to tell their stories of their own perspective. Uh, that's from DC's website, basically telling you about the Milestone comic. That's um, cool. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, and I'm glad they brought the Milestone comics back. I just don't think they did it in the right way originally. A lot of these were like web comics first or like the DC Direct comics, like so they went to like, yeah, online. So you can read them online first. Before we get into it, right? Didn't it? So originally, Milestone was created as its own separate universe, which was a way to allow these creators to do, to have carte blanche to do whatever they want. Right. But then they then it went away for I don't know over a decade, right? But this new Milestone. Are they in the regular universe now? Is that the like the thing they're rolling with this time, or is okay? Yeah, I believe they are. Um, so, yeah, because they they have like Vita Ayala doing hers, and like she's doing the Green Lantern one, so that's obviously 
definitely in this universe. Static is in the universe. So Black Lightning, all of those characters are. Cool. So they just um, the, the the main universe. Got it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Static was the first one that set it off. They also had like the Milestone Zero just to like introduce all of the characters. Um, uh, and then, yeah, this is the one that people, a lot of people are waiting for since he was an original Milestone character, Hardware. Um, and like Denny's Cowan was also, you know, from the original Milestone creators. So this was written by Brandon Thomas, drawn by Denny's Cowan and Bill Sidkovich. Uh, so we got a pretty big powerhouse group on this comic. And it looks cool. It looks amazing. His inks. Yeah. Going like yeah. Yeah, they're, I was really impressed because I had read Dennis Cowan's The Question recently, um, which he did a really big run on back in the day too. And it just did, it didn't look great. Um, it looked a little rushed, I think. And it was just too, I mean, he has that like really scritchy style, you know? Yeah. Um, but this looks amazing. This looks like him back in the day, you know, I mean, at his best. Yeah. You bring in one of the greatest finishers of all time. So. Yeah, right. He's <laughs> rushed. It probably was because of the ink job. I mean, you know, it could be the pencils, sure. But yeah, the is who's there, and when they're like, that's the last person who should be rushed is your finisher, kind of. It's like they're the ones who set the final image in stone. Um, yeah, I feel like you could rush Sinkevich and that'd be fine, but uh, <laughs> most people, yeah, well, they also, him and uh, Sinkevich have a similar style too, they've worked together before, and they both have that like the only way I can describe it is like scritchy <laughs> and like uh, so they they work really well together so their styles just fit too. Um, so in this updated version, uh, they change his uh, they change his origin story and they make it more relevant to today, uh, which I thought was really great. But it's a lot darker for sure. Um, so they bring in the Black Lives Matters protests um, and they call it like the big bang outcome in this. Um, so basically it's an important, they call it like an unfortunate outcome of police, br police brutality. Um, he goes and tries to stop a protest and uh, ends up getting beaten by the police himself. Um, yeah. And it's pretty, you know, brutal, obviously. And I think it's, like I said, really relevant today. And it's pretty powerful, definitely powerful imagery in it. Um, and it got me like hooked to the story right away. And I wanted to read more. Um, and yeah. yeah. So they also, the police opened fire with like an untested chemical into the crowd as well. Um, and um, produced by, what was that? It sounds about right. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and it's led by his adversary too. And the, from the original comic, uh, it was created by Alva Industries. So they're bringing you know some of the old stuff back in as well. Um, so 
uh, not only this is uh, this is just from my notes. Uh, the incident created a new generation of superpowered individuals with little to no control over their abilities, but it also created a PR nightmare for Alva, which is the beginning uh, of our latest version. Um, so and Curtis, oh, Curtis is like the bad guy from the original comics too, um, but they like kind of change again like the origin from that. So originally in the old comics he like just berate uh like hardware and just like like uh uses like vocally just like berates him down and like makes him feel like shit but uh in this version again uh you know they use the police brutality angle um to create this like suit the high-tech suit of armor um and wait so, is he in like is his power that he can like create machines of like any kind? Is that his power? Yeah, I think that that's what I that's what I got out of it. Um, yeah, I, I would like yeah. to made me want to look up more, which I unfortunately didn't. But uh, I did. All I, I I do think that it definitely made me very interested in engaging with this corner. Of the, I mean, especially sitting here reading that like Batman book and then reading the hardware book, which seems like, even though it's referencing an old incident, just like Batman 89, it's referencing this older, you know, property. This seems so like fresh, whereas Batman, the opposite. And all those Batman books don't seem fresh because, I mean, obviously they've, just keep churning them out and this stuff like i'm very interested in a corner of these universes that has not been explored yet oh yeah definitely um sorry i was going through my notes uh so basically going back to it curtis was certain that his head would be one of the one on the chopping block of the position of company who also made him the public face of it so he didn't approve, approve of the chemicals being used. He's the one being held responsible. Uh, seems Curtis has still created the hardware armor, but this time in anticipation of things going sideways, um, opposed to the reaction or the reaction to them. So like his, you know, all the stuff going on at the protest goes public. Um, and they think he's gonna be like the downfall of them. But instead it kind of makes the company stronger, which is fucked up <laughs> in this day and age. Um, but of course that's what happens, right? Like all of these companies just end up profiting on, you know, the shit that's going on in the world right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, They're in pivot and make it an advantageous thing for them. Right. I got the boys. Uh, Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I, I thought this comic was great. Uh, I was really excited because the other milestones that I have read so far, I haven't been like super excited about, though I didn't read the icon in Rocket that came out like last week. Um, but you know, Static I thought wasn't as good as it could have been. Um, but yeah, I love this. I thought the art was super fresh. Um, the story, the up, yeah, the new take on the story was really good, even though it was really dark but you know, it just made it so relevant today. So everyone pick up hardware first issue season one and support these creators. They're doing something new, you know, and different. Yeah. And kudos yeah. for 
for you know tackling this stuff in a they're giant corporations they're never going to get to the nitty-gritty this isn't going to be like political readings right but for pulp mass entertainment respect to dc for like confronting it a little bit more head-on than i mean they could always be doing more but like marvel marvel comics of the 70s that's gone you know where they're like yeah assassinations and like talking about real life topics like yeah. i with the disney acquisition that stuff is like they're like we're not gonna get political curb that stuff make it vague like like the reading you said on dc that like without levels of allegory right mm -hmm. it's like you know x everyone's always like oh x-men is like this great way to talk about like you know the civil rights movement or whatever and it's like no not really mm -mm. <laughs> analogy for it but that's not yeah. like a good analogy for it it doesn't work you have to like actually confront some of these things and i think just just the act of bringing that like blm into a comic that's something marvel would not do right now or maybe ever i mean right. maybe, maybe i'm wrong but it doesn't seem like they're willing to like get into that yeah i think they've done it like a tiny bit but not to like this level um and it's more like they they'll do like the marvel pride you know covers or something like that or like you know yeah. that that's about as deep as they go or like the you know asian heritage month there where they can put out nine thousand different covers it's like that's more of a sales you know marketing thing than something actually story driven um you know it, it, right out. the dc yeah. stuff's like callous and actually like maybe even with good intent maybe yeah yeah <laughs> and i will still always say dc is better because they actually offer returnability for the retailers <laughs> just remember that everyone who's listening dc offers returnability to us marvel has never done that ever 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 so. They're the, the bigger company. They're the bigger company, and they can actually do that for us, uh, where they do not. <laughs> um, you read something that I did not. Do you want to go over that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. So uh, I read the unbelievable unteens. Uh, so this is from the world of Black Hammer comics. Um, I have never read a, any Black Hammer comics. They look cool. I've just never gotten into them. Um, but this looked really cool and it's a number one and it was an attempt, right? What I found interesting is like, I, re I read it. I read The Defenders, then I read Unbelievable Unteens. In a way, it's a similar sort of structure for a first episode, for a first issue where it's like gathering our little mission and seeing what our mission's going to be because that's all okay. that really in this but what I thought was interesting was I was way more confused by the Marvel comic of which I know a lot about the universe uh -huh. and unteens that I know zero about the universe was one like I'm on board a hundred percent I know everything that's going on I understand the whole world there's no questions except for like I want to know more, but there was nice. no whatsoever. And it's like, it was super cool. So um, 
It's script by Jeff Lemire, uh, art, color, and lettering by Tyler Crook. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the story involves uh, a cartoonist named Jane Ito, um, and she is the creator of the Unbelievable Unteens. And we start at like a convention, and we see her doing her sketches and stuff. Um, she gets approached by fans. You see, we we. It's 1997 this takes place. Um, and you just see her like living the life of a, you know, poor cartoonist in the city. I don't know what city, Spiral City. You know, Spiral City. Yeah, I think that's, that's it from the Black Hammer world. Yeah. And it, it's like, I'm sure people who have read the Black Hammer stuff are getting all these references. I just right. like that any of that stuff. And I'm, I'm never confused. It feels lived in it feel but it's not it does not push me away um so she goes about her like leaves the con going home she starts seeing some sort of like figure following her then she gets back to her comics and this guy shows up who is in like a green suit with a jack-o'-lantern on it and his face is like it looks like a goblin or a wraith or something like that Mm -hmm maybe no 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 flesh I, I don't know what's going on um, <laughs> but he tells her that his name is Jack Sabbath he's the character from her comic and that the unbelievable unteens that she's been making is a real comic it, I mean it really happened she's just right. their adventures she was one of the members of the team and she's like what are you mm-hmm. talking about? you know like this sort of thing I've seen that before the whole right. like creator meeting their character and then the character mm-hmm. telling this is actually real it really happened blah, blah, blah. I've seen that before but I was not disappointed with this it looks phenomenal um it reads yeah. fast he's just showing her like I he finds the mansion that they had it's very x-men the unbelievable unteens if it's not clear by the title they are the x-men for sure um yeah there is a Dr. Moniker, who gathers them all together, seems like the Professor X type. His daughter, the leader of uh, the team, uh, Alexis Moniker. And um, basically, it's just him, you know, touring her through this, letting her know, giving her all the information that all this stuff was real. And we get, you know, the shots of the real comics done in a very cool, classic comic book style and then returning to the, like the painterly look of the regular world um and he basically lets her know that like there was her her final arc that she had been planning actually happened it destroyed them and he needs she needs to help get the team back together and first they need to get alexis moniker out of hell because she was banished Ooh. um that's and then, cool. and then at the very end, she, the whole time she's denying, and then at the very end, her her light power. She seems like she's like a either a Johnny Storm or some sort of light, like a human light. Uh-huh. Uh, her name was a photon, I think, or strobe. Photon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like just stole that straight from the X Men. <laughs> strobe that's the end is that her she's exhibiting her powers um 
And oh yeah, she's 28. That's why he's like, we got to get the unteens back together. She's like, I'm 28, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my time has passed. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, the art. I mean, I I have it right here. That art is amazing. I mean, I love Tyler Crook, um, and from Harrow County. You know, absolutely amazing. And I'm glad to see him back on. A, I guess this is a mini series, but just doing any kind of regular work again. Um, and he does like almost like watercolor washes on everything. It's just so so good. Um, I think like the only digital work is probably the uh, the old comic stuff. Yeah, Ma- look, and maybe <laughs> the yeah. old book. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm super on board, and it really makes me want to. I mean. I think I'll probably like let the, if it's just a mini series, I'm going to continue with it and read that. And then I will probably try to jump into the actual Black Hammer books. Like, because I, I, I really do like the world that they're playing with and the like sort of, the, it's a, it seems it's a very grimy, grimy world. Yeah. I find feeling the real, their real world that they're depicting, like, I don't know what city this is supposed to be, but it's like, seems like just a dirty, rainy, sooty city. Like, I want to be in there and I want to see this like juxtaposition of that with this, you know, very sort of Bronze Age classic superhero stuff. Yeah. 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 Really looks cool. Um. So yeah, check out Unbelievable Teens from the world of Black Hammer. Even if you haven't read any of Black Hammer, I don't think it matters at all. Um, you that's what's know- cool. He, Jeff Lemire has created this like whole new world. Um, and it just keeps putting out new books from it like all the time. So that's pretty awesome. I, I love Jeff Lemire. He's awesome. Yeah. Have you watched you- any of uh, Sweet Tooth at all? I have not. Okay. It's different. It's, have you read Sweet Tooth? No, no, no. I haven't read Sweet Tooth. You haven't read it either? Yeah, the show is like, I mean, they're different. You don't have to watch it or read it or either one. Just read, read one or watch it. Like, they're just completely different entities altogether. I mean, both have their, you know, good qualities. Um, but yeah, we've been watching it. I finally decided to give it a go even though I was like I don't know if this is going to be okay but then like once you start it's almost like Walking Dead like they're so different from each other at a certain point where just like I can completely separate the two um but yeah Jeff Lemire has credits on you know writing credits on that too so and you can tell only when it gets really sad (laughs) you're like Jeff Lemire probably did that (laughs) I do like her and his uh weird sadness and I mean, it's not like it's morose, though. Yeah. Just have, which, so does life. So thank you, Jeff. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, the comics portion. Um, we also watched some things this week. So let's just get straight into that. Yeah. Uh, let's, do you want to go to What If? And then we'll end it with spoiling all the Suicide Squad <laughs> or most yeah. of it. <laughs> For All me. right, so uh, what if premiered this week on Disney Plus? Um, the first episode was what if Peggy Carter had become Captain America or 
we'll say what if she got the super serum because that's one of the things she didn't really become captain america she became yeah. captain britain no, harder which i was like give her a cool name i know yeah because i guess it's not captain britain either because captain britain is another character yeah. but yeah it's captain yeah. peggy carter which i thought was kind of, that actually my first opinion of it i thought that was kind of lame because she didn't really become captain america yeah no. uh yeah that's british yeah <laughs> uh, not- but besides all that i really loved it i thought it was great <laughs> it get into that like they made it about when when the guy maybe i'm jumping ahead but it should have been like they should have brought that up like this was supposed to be our american symbol of patriotism and now it's this british symbol of patriotism and the americans would have been mad about that right (laughs) i guess so (laughs) but like there's no political thing in there so anyway yeah uh, so we got a lot, I mean, all, pretty much everybody came back for this, like voice acting wise. Um, Sebastian, Sebastian, Sebastian Stan? Yeah. Sebastian Stan, right? <laughs> yeah. He came back to play Bucky. Um, yeah. Like all of like the original actors, except for Evans, Chris yeah. Evans, where, where were you? What are you doing right now? I haven't seen him in anything in so long. He couldn't come back to play Captain America or just Steve Rogers. I'm sorry. That's late. I, I think it's like him, Robert Downey Jr. didn't come back or something. Well, he wasn't in it. He would have no, been no. a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, uh, there's, it's like everybody redoes their voices except maybe just those two dudes. Probably because they cost too much. I don't know. Yes. Or they're, well, their contracts were up. So, but for it, one. Yeah. yeah Want to come in and do a a, a tw- it's like a 20 minute episode to- I know it's really short <laughs> uh, that, that's my other issue with it too with how short it was but like they, it couldn't have been a little longer so like basically they pack in all of Captain America into like 30 minutes right plus Cthulhu um, plus Cthulhu yeah yeah and I was like wow this is a lot of stuff to be in this tiny little episode and they, I mean they managed to do it but it just felt really rushed in part um so yeah, yeah. like she gets you know there's stuff like basically something happens in the beginning then all of a sudden uh she has to take the super serum instead of Rogers right and uh um, Nazi terrorists or something German terrorists try to blow up the whole thing and they ruin right. the whole so she has to jump in because he's Steve Rogers got shot. Um, right, he's injured, so he can't take the the super soldier serum, which yeah. the higher ups hate because she's a lady, and ladies can't take super soldier serum. Yes, she, can't have those dams taking that. <laughs> the shot where they do the same thing, where they first show off, uh, you're like, oh wow, yes, Peggy Carter's got the guns now. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> She looks um, so great. Just to go back though, real quick, uh, we have mm-hmm. Jeff as the voice of the Watcher, who is oh, that's right. Basically, our our host. He's our Rod Serling in this mm-hmm. Twilight Zone of the Marvel Universe, and he repeats the whole little spiel at the beginning, like "I am the Watcher. I see all things." Now that the multiverse is 
you know, split up. There will be many, many different worlds for me to look at. And then he reminds us, I look, but I can never interfere until, yeah. until the next Avengers movie when we feel um, right until until I do interfere. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn watcher. The last what if he'll like be an actual character or something because he he's not a really a character you don't see him you just you hear his voice which it it kind of works especially because like you just got like you said they rush it you gotta just get in and you need yeah. that the narrator to bridge you from one scene to the other to the other to the other like you need that component so he's constantly there like, pulling the story forward you know yeah and you, you kind of you see like the outline of his giant bulbous head as he's like watching the world or watching you see and you get to see the cool branches of all the different timelines they're like green little timelines branching out everywhere after the events of loki yeah um, it's kind of cool that they like tie that all in um yeah, yeah. so world war ii is fully in swing uh and then you know like we said before peggy carter gets the Super Soldier Serum, uh, Hydra's making all of these new weapons. Uh, also, Nazis. So, interesting enough, they don't actually show any Nazis. They're like, yeah. no, no Nazi symbols, Hydra only. I don't really, it's, I don't really understand that, but okay. <laughs> Them trying to scrub any connection, because it's like, at first, in the comics, Red Skull is a Nazi. He's yeah, just he's a Nazi. Yeah. In with the whole thing. And then it's like, no, Red Skull's Hydra, who's the Nazi science division, and Hydra actually hates Nazis also. And they're gonna evap they're gonna destroy them. So they they're just using the Nazis. It's a very convenient way to have core villains in your universe not be fucking nazis because like yeah. when i infinity war i'm like so this fucking nazis like the guardian of the soul stone like fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> at the same time they're saying hydra's actually worse than nazis like in yeah. this and i'm like mm. <laughs> all right i guess first but they're also like they're not that bad because they also hate nazis they just they want to have the fun villain, which I I I get that wanting to go back to that way where when a Nazi was just like oh a Nazi's just like a cartoon bad guy, right. but it's yeah. it that anymore, and it is this sort of dance that Marvel's doing to not yeah. Nazism in World War Two. Uh, he's like yeah no you can't you can't just erase history like if you're gonna do world war ii you have to i mean you have to have those symbols in it i'm sorry you can't just erase it <laughs> like but you can have hydra killing nazis that's fine but put the nazis in there like and i'm not saying like i want to see nazi symbols on everything like no like i don't want to see swastikas everywhere but like don't erase history marvel if you're gonna do that like it's just silly like people still need to know that nazis were in world war ii <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Punch a Nazi. That's you know. It's a fighting scale thing because it's like, okay, yes, the depictions of Nazis in I, I mean I get why they're doing it, but it's like the depictions of Nazis in like an Indiana Jones 
movie. They're bumble, but you as a little kid watching are still understanding there's a war and the Nazis were fighting them. But And they're bad. Yeah, but if you're a little kid now watching Captain America and this stuff and learning about World War II or the beginning of your World War II thing, it's going to be scrubbed of that. Right. And then Nazis are just going to be a thing that's happening right now. Or I don't know what little kids are going to interpret, but it is. it seems weird that the truth isn't even in there in a cartoonish way. It's right. just not. And, th- and that's a great example too, because you know how I, just like you said, in Indiana Jones, you know where I learned Nazis were bad was fucking Indiana Jones. <laughs> I was like, hey, those guys are fucking evil people because I saw it in a fucking movie. And now yeah. kids are seeing this new stuff. And like, and I know that's like a kind of a silly place to learn it, but not really at the same time. Like that's where you learn first. Then you go to school. You learn it in history. Like, we can't just scrub this all from cinematic history. Like, you know. Going to not want to talk about that, don't go to World War II. Like, (laughs) yeah. Don't tell a story. Like, if you don't want to confront Nazism, fine. It's it's in our world right now, fine. But if you're going to go to World War II, it's like, who are they fighting in it? They just are like, we're just fighting. They don't reference the Jap- They don't reference Japanese, Russia, Italy. Like, there's no. It's just amorphous. It's like World War II. There was a war. It's basically like there was the Clone Wars. Remember? Yeah. yeah. Remember? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you know what? I wanted to see Peggy Carter punch Hitler. That right? would have. <laughs> If you got that moment of the first cover, because mm-hmm. you never have to do that. Nope. I know. Big, that would have been great. Uh, oh, well. All right. So moving on from Nazis. <laughs> so we get to see, yeah, Peggy well, Carter flex her giant muscles. Um, she looks awesome. Uh, and basically rising it against the sexism of all of the assholes who say she can't do anything uh you get some great montages of her just beating the shit out of people which is awesome Mm -hmm. um yeah i love that um and that howard stark right yeah it's howard stark so uh yeah tony stark's father of course and he's played by the guy who's been playing him right dominic cooper oh okay cool um, um and he what he takes the was it the cosmic cube that he uses to fuel an iron man suit yeah which again i was like wait he didn't create the iron man suit <laughs> Carter became a super soldier than anthony stark does i mean uh howard stark does create that because this is a complete divergent right sure but isn't that like a whole other story? Like, what if uh, oh. Howard Stark created Iron Man? Or what if Steve Rogers became Iron Man? Like, that's a whole other what if, I guess. In, All right, I, fine. <laughs> all this. Like, the way, I, I don't need to say it yet, but the way this episode ends, it's very clear, like, season two will have Peggy Carter part two. Like, yeah. in the like that's 
they're not just going to end that. It was super cool. Like, aside from their whole scrubbing of history, like the actual events of watching it was super cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the progression was great. Her and Steve's relationship was awesome. Like, I did yeah. love that. Like, because normally I'm like, oh, I don't want to see like the romance of, the, you know, that archetype with the, the female lead like falling in love and all that but that is like a really strong they have a great strong relationship and like Steve still loves her and her like carrying him around when he's a little like it's so cute <laughs> like you know powering of that yeah. and I, I always thought it was funny because it's like you have this shrimp dude and then this like you know just awesome lady right <laughs> yeah and then like an Amazon but no no but I mean like in the normal timeline you have the shrimp dude and then oh this, yeah and then he becomes like, oh, an Adonis or whatever. And then she's like, I like this guy. But in this version, she's the like Amazon and he's still that little shrimpy dude. And she's still into him. And I'm like, this is very cute. It is a very yeah. version of their, uh, and it, I mean, it, whatever, like these are just made up characters, but it does show that the love is like a real thing which worse, I mean, watching all the Marvel movies, that's the, the moment that first saga ends on is them together. Like Cap mm -hmm. gets life with her. Yeah. So it's, it, it's just yeah. interesting to see the flip of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I love how that played out. It was just, a, it's a really nice moment. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know if we have to spoil all of it really because it's so short you guys can just go watch it too and we have to get into the, the suicide squad now anyways uh sure. but yeah it's you know all the characters look great you, you didn't really like the animation style as much right i mean it's totally functional uh it just isn't like if it wasn't subject matter that i wanted to see i'm not watching anything that looks like that because it looks like that uh i'm an animation fan and with becoming a when someone says they're a huge fan it means they have opinions <laughs> right <laughs> uh, i actually i mean i love this style for this type of show it's a good mix of cg and like old style animation i think i much rather see this than just like full out cg like those star wars Clone war shows and stuff which i can't i actually can't watch they like kind of make me sick um so this is all still CG. It's just done in a cell shaded style from what I can interpret. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm with you. I 100% prefer that. Like if, if it did look like those shows, it would be a hard sell for me. I'm probably would still watch it based on the subject matter, but this definitely is closer for me though. I'm like, okay, Disney owns Marvel. You have the power house of Disney animation on your team i just hope what if in the future starts to diversify and we can see entirely different i'm not like expecting that from this first season but if what if keeps going five years ten years because they can keep it going as long as the marvel universe goes i would just like to see each episode start to experiment with different animation styles based right. on the subject matter of the story you know one character's story might need to be depicted in a different way one of them maybe should be cgi i don't know you know what i mean like yeah i would yeah i don't expect it soon just someday because it's like we could have the powerhouse of disney making these little marvel cartoons which is cool to me 
Yes, definitely. There's that. Uh, I think we talked about it briefly off off podcast. Uh, that show, Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix, and every single one is different. Um, and it's great because it fits obviously every style that they do. Um, some of them are CG, some of them are just you know 2D animation, some of them are stop motion, you know. Um, and those are all like short shorts. Like sometimes they're eight minutes, sometimes they're twelve minutes. Um, but yeah, for whatever uh, the subject matter is, it's just a different style of animation. Um, yeah. And I think that's, is it David Fincher that's doing that show? It's like a bunch of different really cool directors. Yeah, that are, that sponsor that show. I'm actually looking it up right now. Uh, uh, Tim Miller and oh. yeah. And oh, there's a bunch of, uh, Joe Lansdale. I think it's Fincher is also doing it. There's like 9,000 directors on this. Harlan Ellison wrote one of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it's a bet. I know Fincher's on the second season. So yeah, it's it's such a great show. So if you guys haven't checked that out, there's two seasons now on uh, Netflix for that as well. If you want to oh. see some cool animation. Um, yeah, IMDb gives it an 8.5, which is a hard rating to get on IMDb. Because people, like you said earlier, have opinions <laughs> on that on IMDb. Like, good, and then they just give it a E. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into Suicide Squad. Holy crap! Speaking of opinions, um, okay, I loved it. I'm just saying. <laughs> Talk about some opinions online of that movie. Holy shit! Oh. <laughs> Don't read the comments. Wait, uh, I thought we were supposed to watch the 2016 Suicide Squad. That's what I watched. Let's never watch that ever again. <laughs> let's pretend yeah. that doesn't exist. <laughs> no, oh my God. <laughs> Christ, David Ayers uh, is like constantly just talking now about that because everyone loves, you know, the guns one so much and he's just like it wasn't really my movie like I you know he's like going back on everything that he did he's like I never had control of it even though it's like he has a director's cut that's out and it's still really bad (laughs) there is one out yeah there is one out yeah and it's still terrible I tried watching it I'll still watch that I didn't know I didn't I'll give it a chance at least I mean because yeah I didn't like that movie um I don't we don't need to even talk about that. We don't need to talk about it. It's fun. <laughs> Capital T-H-E. They should have called it The Suicide Squad. Two E's, like Megan the Stallion. Like, <laughs> the Suicide Squad. Because then everyone wouldn't have gotten confused. That's true, yeah. I mean, they do say it's a sequel. So, so. I spoke to two people outside of the shop and no, someone in the shop too, who were confused. They were like, so what's going on? They're re-releasing the movie? And I was like, what? what? Oh no, you guys fucked up. Like people oh, no. releasing the movie. That's oh. not. But all they have to do though is go look at a trailer online and be like, oh wait, that's not the same movie. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Confuse people. You got to go lowest common denominator with this movie stuff that I think it, it, I think multiple people were like, what? Especially if you're not paying attention to this stuff. They're like, what? It's an, and people are talking about the air cut. So people yeah. thought 
was the air cut being released or something like yeah, yeah. i could see how that would be confusing since they re-released the Zack snyder cut so maybe yeah. people thought this was the air cut even though that was just released maybe on maybe a while ago so oh god it was so bad anyways let's not talk about that uh suicide squad released last friday Ooh. yeah last friday two fridays yeah. ago yeah 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 because this but i go to the movies every week i watch old we won't even talk about that this last friday the theater was empty i had it all to myself That's i wonder fun. why <laughs> um, the theater was actually pretty empty when I went and saw Suicide Squad though too since it was also released on HBO Max in <sighs> so sad <laughs> yeah but there was the... what did you I see saw... it in theaters? I did go to the theater I did not okay. I only watched I'm, I haven't watched it at home or anything but I did watch it in the theater uh, so I didn't take notes but I did give it 100% of my attention that's awesome uh, I watched it again last night, so or during the day, which was nice. That was the only thing. Like, I wish more movies were just being released in the theaters. Though I understand, you know, some people can't go see them right now, especially with the Delta out there. Um, but it was nice that I got to watch it twice. So, we'll yeah, that. It, it, we 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 already went over that. It does seem like Shang Chi though will be uh, forty-five days in the theater before it goes to streaming. Mm -hmm. So that's closer to a classic movie release. We'll see how that works. Yeah. So there was some, uh, the Disney guy, or the, one of the heads of Disney said, it was an experiment. Did you hear about those comments? Yeah. Oh, that sucked up. All right, uh, Suicide Squad opens with Johnny Cash's Wholesome Prison Blues. I was hooked right away for that. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. I am so excited. Uh, that, nice choice there. I feel like he's playing off of the previous movie, which is like playing pop songs the whole time, which this movie doesn't do, but it no. does start like that. So when it started, I was like, oh, he's like doing the suicides. Like Suicide Squad movies, I guess, are wall to and i'm like because i know guardians you know has all the pop songs i was like oh so i guess suicide squad movies are just packed full of and it's like no he just starts it that way which i think is a good like little wink at us in a way mm -hmm. and it's like you uh, know yeah. music it's not like a pop song it's like no. deliberately yeah. like you no know, I, I like yeah it. definitely I, it has a great soundtrack altogether there's some awesome yeah, old punk songs in it and just like perfect for the feeling of the movie. Uh, then we start getting like our roster of what we think is going to be the Suicide Squad. We start with like Michael Rooker as Savant uh, and like killing birds in his prison cell. <laughs> like immediately to violence like just ensues and we're like, eh, okay, so this is what we're, this is what we're going to prepare ourselves for. Um, there's a lot of villains killing birds in this movie yeah yes there is sadly too <laughs> some oh, horrible we just horrible scene. movie i guess maybe, maybe james gunn hates birds <laughs> bad guys who immediately get their comeuppance who uh that's true yeah uses it as a way 
to uh, make us hate them without like killing a dog or whatever, you know, because it's Thank like, God, you don't need to do that. I get it. That guy's not a good guy. Yeah. I'm so sick of uh, fucking directors and writers killing dogs in movies to like get me sympathetic. Like I just don't, or horses or whatever. I just don't want to see it. Like kill a person. I don't, I it's guess this cheap. is not. It's, it's cheap. cheap. But it's yeah. in the long tradition of killing a parent in the first 10 minutes of a movie. I'd rather see that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that same thing where it's like, this didn't die. You care now. You're like, okay, right. I, I care yes. Ugh. I, there's actually like a website that says, I think it's like, did they kill the dog.com or something like that? <laughs> so you can see they actually murdered the animals in the movie, <laughs> whether you want to watch it. I've been homeward bound. Like, yeah. Please. Please, no, I don't want to see them all get shot by the hunters. Um, so our first, uh, um, all of the, the characters we see, Blackguard, Javelin, Boomerang, Harley, Mongol, uh, TDK, and uh, Rick Flag are main protagonists throughout the movie. Uh, don't forget. Pretty much, did I forget somebody? You forgot Weasel. Oh, and Weasel. Duh, yeah. Oh, poor Weasel. <laughs> he's the best yeah he's pretty good get him. Uh, so they're all pretty much dispatched uh, in gruesome detail <laughs> right, right away except for yeah, yeah Harley and Rick Flag uh, yeah Weasel, Weasel's death was pretty sad right I was like I wanted to see more Weasel throughout the entire movie sure and it was like pretty unexpected too it was not I thought we were definitely going to see more of like Pete and uh, Nathan Pillion. Oh yeah, I'm so glad we didn't see more. I don't hate Pete Davidson, but I didn't want to watch a movie with Pete Davidson. Yeah, um, I, I don't hate him. Uh, but I mean, so we're spoiling the gimmick of the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> we assemble a team, and then they all are just massacred violently, which I think is like the best structure of a Suicide Squad movie you could ever have. Like. That's what this, everybody yeah. could. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's what happens with the Suicide Squad. They're just like set up for failure. Or this, and this was definitely a setup in the movie too. Um, yeah. they, they're just, they're just dispensable. Like Amanda Waller does not care about these people. They're just criminals, like doesn't give a shit. They, you know, there's bombs in their heads so she can just blow them up whenever she pleases, uh, which she does to Savant and Michael Rooker right away. Yeah. <laughs> He basically witnesses a bloodbath, then tries to run away, and then she blows his head up for running. Yeah, and that's an Easter. Yeah, and that's an Easter egg in, from the comics too. Like he is Savant's like a cowardly criminal. Um, so, yeah, that's straight up from the comics. He just like runs away like all the time. <laughs> so, and then it's not about Easter eggs. There are so many Easter eggs. Uh, one right in the beginning. We get to see John Ostrander uh, right in the beginning of the movie. He's a, he, and he, yeah, he injects Savant with the uh, head bomb, basically. And he actually like, says, I, I don't remember what he says right away, but he does say he even has a line. So that's pretty awesome. I love get, getting to see creators like in the movies. Oh, yeah. Other than Stan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kelly Sue DeConnick was in Captain Marvel. 
Um, yeah. yeah. So. Was your or no in game? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Then uh, uh, Brew Baker was in Winter Soldier. He was also yeah. a doctor in that too. But yeah, he actually gets a line, which doesn't really happen with all the other creators at all. So that was Good. pretty great. And then right in the beginning of the movie too. Um, so yeah, we all then after they're all dispatched, we get to see uh, our new our new lineup as well. Yeah, they were uh, just Amanda yeah. Waller really plays with lives that way. She sends in a bunch of people to die, making it look like that's their actual assault. Meanwhile, sending in her actual team of you know, she doesn't care about them either, but those are the more equipped, you know, for war people. Right. Um, and they're the real team. And she, yeah, she just uses those other people as fodder, which is the most, I mean, that's like the darkest, grimmest, you know, general of in warfare that you could be, which is like, send a thousand troops to die so my hundred troops can sneak in through the back door. Right. Amanda Waller is way more dark in this version, too. I mean, she was dark in the first one, but good goddamn. <laughs> she is kind of evil in this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's a lady. Real scary. Yeah. Really? Uh, so we get yeah. Uh, and we get introduced to Bloodsport. They, he does a really cool transitions in this one. Uh, you know, uses, like, the landscape to show us, uh, like, eight days later, or eight days before, whatever, three days before um yeah. or meanwhile like stuff like that uh uses like clouds or dust or and it's just I, really fun yeah i thought of like um, um uh how they would do that in the opening splash pages of like i mean lots of creators would do it you know i think right. george do it walt simonson would do it like make like the mountain say the name of the story or whatever yeah um, exactly yeah um yeah it was very comic booky. you could just tell he reads so many comics yeah um so right away we get to see uh bloodsport uh bloodsports in uh bell reeve and again we get a ton of easter eggs we get a bunch of cameos from the prison uh including calendar man from long halloween uh yeah. a real deep cut <laughs> Uh, we get to see Double Down from The Flash, which I thought was super fucking weird. I was like, Double Down? Like, he's just in, like, random Flash comics. Uh, and his power was that he's, like, literally cursed from a deck of cards. And so he just, like, throws, and not, like, throws, like, cool, like, like Gambit. Like, it's not like that. Like, cards just, like, fly out of him. Like, it, his power is so dumb. But the Calendar Man, I thought was funny, too. And that, that's uh, his brother playing Calendar Man, right? Yeah, yeah. He gets so he gets plays the weasel and then he plays oh. Calendar Man. Yeah. So he's playing two characters. <laughs> Very clearly wants to show you the stupid, silly side of DC Comics. And I mean, really, the, my, my main love with his approach is that, you know, this is the guy who put Taserface into a movie like right. <laughs> old comics he finds the weird stuff and he's like what if someone presented this stupid stuff with just as much like maybe not maturity but 
you know, like with respect, as if I was talking about Batman or Superman. It's like, what if I give Calendar Man as much respect as Batman? Right. And it's like, totally. But I love doing that because this stuff yeah. is silly and it can be good and silly. Yeah. Know? And yeah, and like choosing like blood sport, uh, you know, a kind of a dumb character from DC too, but fun, I guess. You know, we get two sharpshooters in the movie, Bloodsport and Peacemaker. Um, but Bloodsport, you know, first appeared in Superman volume two, number four, and he almost kills Superman, uh, which I mentioned in the movie. He makes like a kryptonite bullet and almost kills Superman, and that's why he's in uh, Belle Reve. So because of that, he gets chosen to be in the Suicide Squad, but he wants like nothing to do with it. Uh, so Amanda Waller being super fucking evil uses his daughter to <laughs> convince him to say she's going to put his daughter in Belle Reve and she might get killed there because it has it, such a high mortality rate. <laughs> oh, she's like a little kid. She's going to put her yeah. in a prison. Right. She's 16. <laughs> yeah. And she looks yeah. like a child and she has no superpowers. And she's going to put her in a prison full of superpowered beings like pretty fucked up for stealing a watch too a, like a tv watch like an apple watch <laughs> for people don't they say like wow that was crazy how you were gonna like manipulate i forget how that plays out but it's like clear that she is not just playing that card to manipulate she will do that yeah she said she will do it and they're all like yeah they're the people that work for her like you're not really gonna do that and she's like yeah i am I'm like yeah. definitely and it's like totally stone cold too yeah. Uh, so that's how they get Bloodsport on the team. Uh, we get introduced to the rest of the team, like kind of throughout Bell Reeve, uh, which is Polka Dot Man, which is amazing. I mean, when I heard Polka Dot Man was going to be in it, like most people don't know him at all. He's from early Detective Comics. Well, Detective 300, still pretty early, from like 1964, I think. Yeah. And uh, he's just the most random character. Like he really does just throw polka dots at people. <laughs> which is crazy but they thanks <laughs> yeah i like i love how they update him like yeah. he has like mom problems <laughs> he's like <laughs> alien virus that he has to like when he goes out into like the bushes to like <laughs> yeah throw up all the polka dots yeah like, and they made his mom like a star lab scientist which i loved yeah um, scary yeah she was super scary and then he just like imagines everyone as his like fucking super psycho mom that's so <laughs> legitimately uncomfortable every time that like like not in like a ha, 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 ha. like i was like i would just ew yeah yeah totally because oh, <laughs> that's why he's in there like in the first place <laughs> he's just like murdering people because he thinks they're his mom uh yeah we get peacemaker obviously and another super weird pull since his first appearance was actually in the charlton comic series fighting five <laughs> and of course dc acquired charlton comics got to use all of their characters eventually why would you i don't know but i guess because you can yeah because he's i did <laughs> right maybe one of my favorite gags in the movie was she explains blood 
blood sports backstory and then she's like here's your team peacemaker and then says for line the exact that about and he's like what is this a joke and it's like no like (laughs) you guys are all this yep they have the exact same power set (laughs) yeah I like when they're also uh, in the Amazon or in the forest, right, on Corto Maltese. And they're like both like shoot, shooting everybody, but they're like trying to one up each other. Like, and like it's a good play on their power set, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they meet uh, Rat Catcher 2, uh, which is actually a creation just for the movie, because uh, Rat Catcher 1, uh, first appearance was in Detective 585. Um, and I actually love that character, uh, Ratcatcher from the Detective Comics. I think he was a really good character. We we get to see Ratcatcher one too by Taika Waititi, um, yeah. which, which was it's so so nice. It super like it just like cuts like incredibly emotional little scene and then gets mm-hmm. back. And it was like whoa, like the rest yeah. of this movie like that. It was like very. No. Oh, is Taika Waititi gonna get me misty right now a little bit? Right. Well, it's like that scene, and then the scenes with King Shark too, and like I also thought were really nice, like when her with Ratcatcher and King Shark are like becoming friends. I thought that was there's just like some really nice little moments where you're just like, oh, <laughs> or even like with Idris Elba and like the the rat at like the very end too like they're all there's just like little scenes that he oh, like throws in is that rat waving yeah so why because he's because he's friendly <laughs> yeah he's super, everyone's friend i love god damn that I, rat was cute that's why james gunn did this movie because they told him they could do whatever he could do whatever he wanted he could have done a superman movie but he yeah. did the Suicide Squad, because what this guy does best is take damaged people and give them a family. Like yeah. that's what Guardians is, and that's what this is. It's like this one's even crazier. Like, why would these people become a family? What are you talking about? They're all despicable, way worse than the Guardians. But oh yeah, it still happens. They still do become Definitely. a family. Yeah, and, yeah. like some uh, yeah. Definitely. I thought too, like some other very standout moments, like what, what David Ayer did so horribly was like um, what he did to Harley, Harley's character, obviously in the movie, he just made her a possession of Joker. um, Especially like when you see her first with that jacket on and it just says property of the Joker. And then when you first see her in this movie, you know James Gunn has very deliberately changed that jacket and instead of saying property of the Joker it now says live fast die clown so he's really just like up the ante made it completely clear that we have a brand new Harley um and that we've also followed her story from Birds of Prey where she's like completely you know cut that Joker off she's a new character she's ready to live her new life um And at one point too, where she uh, is with General Silvia Luna, Luna, I think, yeah, the, you know, one of the, the bad guys who's murdered everyone's families, you know, on Corto Maltese. The cute bad guy. Yeah, the new bad guy. 
and we think she's like going down this new rabbit hole of yeah and like she's gonna be fooled again into another bad relationship and I, I was a little worried at this point too I was like oh no she's just gonna sleep with this guy and then she's being used again and then he like quickly turns turns it and gives her all the power back again yeah. um and I, and I loved that you know uh so he that did was- great with yeah he did great with his female protagonist um and and her and Harley's evolution I think um, I mean the reason she's so powerful at this point in a weird way is like that that history because in the comics the cartoon she is like the joker's like he treats i mean it's it's her it's horrible in hindsight like i mean he's a villain yeah but it's weird to watch because i'm watching the old animated series and it's like weird to show an abusive relationship like that mm-hmm. uh, in cartoon. Maybe in like Batman comics, you could be a little more, more mature about that sort of thing, but just the very depiction of it for so many years is, was that. And then now, oh, yeah. he, I mean, it's just part of her narrative. And I think that's a super cool narrative that it's like, it's not that she was free on her own from the beginning. She did experience that like oppression and shows people that you can get out of that and move on. Right. It, it's, I think that's part of why she's resonating so much now is because, I mean, she's cool. She was cool always, but she's not, you know, restrained anymore. She is her own person and can yeah. make her own. And it, it's great to see that. I mean, Margot Robbie as her is like electric, like. Oh, yeah everyone in the movie was good she's like in another movie though she like is too good for the movie it's (laughs) yeah she's very transcendent as that character for sure be crazy to watch actually yeah and the scene where she's escaping um the court of multisian prison and they show her like shooting everybody but everything turns into flowers and uh birds and all of that that's actually called like Harley Vision. And that's actually from the animated series that they pulled from, which I love too, because that's what she's, that's what she sees. She doesn't see like blood and guts and gore. Like she's just, that's Harley. Like, <laughs> I love that they use that as well. Like that was really cool. Yeah, for um, totally crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, you can just tell James Gunn is such a comic fan. And I loved it so much. Like, it was such a contrast between, like, maybe Zack Snyder is such a comic fan as well, but in such a different way. He just only has one vision. It has to be dark. It has to be gritty. And there is such dark moments in this because Suicide Squad is so dark. But you can balance that out, you know, with levels of humor and lightness at the same time. Yeah, it's often makes it more impactful, the darkness, when you do have a comedic character. I mean, that's why in like the traditional uh, great tragedies and stuff, often the character, like like King Lear, for example, King Lear is like the saddest dude ever, but he travels with the character, I don't remember the character's name, that is like 
alive and full of fun and it it makes the darkness more palatable or palatable yes but also like feel more real when you can see light and then the dark you know and oh yeah it makes it actually dark rather than mm-hmm. like oh grr grim right yeah uh, it's, it's such a contrast for sure yeah um yeah so uh what did you think of sorrow oh i mean so the movie was like it was good it was cool to see all this stuff and but most of pretty much most of those characters i have no real attachment to um because they are those obscure d-list characters for the most part but starro um the first superhero comic I ever read my like my dad always had his comics out and he always had like Conan and stuff and I just mm-hmm. didn't care like I liked comics like Snoopy and I liked superheroes and he, there was this tattered reprint of Justice League number one and that was probably the first superhero comic I ever read of mm-hmm. course Starro in that and I just remember thinking that Starro was super cool and just loving that that look and the iconic look of a bunch of superheroes battling this like starfish so to see that stuff for real was i mean just so awesome like so cool that's worth yeah. worth the price of admission alone just to see the starros on people's faces with their mouth <laughs> like in a grimace we will conquer you like so cool so cool yeah well, it seems like a natural progression to me, too. So, and I feel like James Gunn had all of this planned. So, Brave and the well, Suicide Squad originally premiered in Brave and the Bold number 25. Okay. Uh, Starro uh, and the Justice League was Brave and the Bold number 28. So, it was yeah. almost like he was naturally progressing throughout the comics. Like, this is the, the Suicide Squad in Task Force X, which is what they were called in the movie, too. And then we're going to get to the end of the story. And here's Sorrow. <laughs> um, Part of it. Yeah. That's... I just, yeah, it's really cool. So by the time they got there, I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> and I think the Suicide Squad also goes to Cordo Maltese as well in, uh, in that first book, too. I could be wrong, but I think that's what I remember from that. Um, cause yeah, Coral Maltese is obviously a fictional island made up in the DC world. Uh, another Easter egg as well is that from Batman, we talked about earlier, we'll throw back to that Batman 89. Do you remember the magazine that Vicki Vale shoots uh-huh. in the, in Batman? So she has that Time ma- Magazine article and there's, uh, the Coral Maltese is in that as well so it has been mentioned in all of the movies and they bring that up too why it sounds so familiar yeah like because um, i i was like why do i know cordo maltese like so well and it's batman 89 yeah 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 they brought it up and also because so and the comic creators originally got it from hugo pratt hugo, hugo pratt originally created it is he's like that adventurer who always goes to cordo maltese yeah. We have them at the shop in the, in mm-hmm. the yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, and I felt, when I was watching it too, I was like, where have I 
heard, I was like, this is this a real island? I think I've like been hearing it for so long in comics. I was like, this is real, right? I was, and I was like, wait, no, Batman. And then <laughs> these comics, we see it every day at the shop. It's like Hugo Pratt and the Cordo Maltese. Yeah. I thought, I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where is this island? Um, but yeah, it was originally in the comics too. It was like, they, it was kind of like a Cold War, like almost like Cuba type you know yeah. island okay so yeah. that's where I'm. yeah uh yeah so i mean i love this movie i thought it was great uh i hope they do more <laughs> or james gunn does more for dc you know he'll finish up his contract with marvel and dc will bring him back um i'm sure they want to <laughs> ping pongs back and forth yeah or i don't know he's yeah <laughs> Go do whatever you want to, you know, if you don't want to make a superhero movie, do that. But I would love, you know, him and him do another Marvel property, him do another DC property. Like he's the only one really gone back and forth. So more of that would be cool, I think. Yeah, I think he's just doing one more, the one more Guardians movie. And then I think he's done with Marvel because of all that BS. So, and then he's like, He's show running the show too for Peacemaker. Oh uh, so. yeah, yeah. Then go full mm-hmm. Peacemaker, where if they're gonna give him control to do whatever he wants, yeah, do, and he can be there and help that company understand that that's their secret to success. It won't be trying to build some universe that can compete with Marvel. They're never gonna do that. They should just have their one and dones let a character let a creator take a character and do what they want with them right definitely i think i mean he's already proven he could do this i'm sure and we'll end guardians just take like the most random dc book and just do whatever the hell you want with it i think that's a great idea james gunn make me make a wonder woman or a super i don't care you know like i want to see him take on thing oh wait that's 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 Marvel. Damn it. Swamp thing. Do a swamp thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I think like that'd be great. I don't care. I would love to see him take on an A listers, D listers. I don't really care. Like, give me yeah. that, that sense of fun. You know, don't lose the sense of fun. I mean, it's oh, yeah. a giant purple starfish. Like, <laughs> and he was so sad at the end, too. He's like, I just like floating through space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, questions, comments, concerns for Me? you? Yeah, for you. <laughs> or just in general? Just, about, just in general. <laughs> oh, um, no, I mean, it was a lighter week than the other ones we've done, but uh, I mean, enjoyable and all this stuff moving forward there's looking forward to more what if um mm-hmm. Me too. what the next one's gonna be um and that's exciting you know and i want to see that that i'm looking forward to just because those are so so fun um, oh yeah i'm i think the next one's black panther what if t'challa goes to space no, it's something like that. <laughs> oh, what if T'Challa was Star Lord or something like that? And I was like, Star Lord. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. 
in the space and raised by uh, Michael Rooker. Gala. <laughs> so weird. You're All right, I guess. <laughs> I mean, he goes to space in the comics, so I was just like, mm. <laughs> I don't know. See, I, want, I want to see a what if T'Challa, or like what if T'Challa was the Sorcerer Supreme? Like that would be cool. Like, yeah. I mean, this will be, I want the to be a magic one. This will be the last, uh, right? Time will, this is the last. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure be some deleted scenes they stick into the next movie or something, but probably this is the last thing he did to. I know. Yeah. It's gonna be sad. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be like a like a little montage for him at the end too. So it's probably gonna be sad. Boo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, let's do our plugs and let's get out of here. Plug yeah. away. If anybody wants to uh, follow me on social media, I'm at Robert Negoesco on Instagram. Pretty much, I only use Instagram, and that's at R O B E R T underscore N E G O E S C O. That's it. That's on my long name. Uh, yeah, give me a follow there. That's where I post all my comic stuff. And uh, yeah, what about you? Um, you can follow me at Jessa Baldoni at everything that's Twitter or not that I'm I'm like never on Twitter, but if you want to follow me there, feel free. Maybe I post things every three months on Twitter because I, I hate Twitter. It's toxic. It's a terrible um, place. I don't like going there. It makes me sad. Uh, otherwise, Jessa Baldoni on Instagram. That's probably where I'm most active. Um, you can follow me on Facebook, but like I won't probably see it because it's uh pretty private i guess because i'm like no <laughs> who are you person trying to follow me uh otherwise yeah so follow me on instagram that's the best place follow uh escapist comics obviously at escapist comics everywhere twitter facebook instagram and i guess that's it right those are the plugs fine on ebay oh yeah escapist comics online buy some comics yeah. Come to the shop. 3090 Claremont Avenue in Berkeley. Come buy some comics in person. Uh, stay safe out there, guys. It's been yep. kind of crazy the last couple of weeks. Um, there's a new variant, not a cool Loki one. So, yeah, that would be much cooler if it was a Loki variant. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not. Unfortunately, it's not. Well, be safe, everyone. Keep reading the comics. That is a safe, safe and healthy uh, activity. Yeah. Just uh, watch movies and read comics at home. That's probably your best bet. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you in two weeks. I'm Jessica Baldoni. I'm Robert Negoesco. Bye. Bye. <laughs>